This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live on this July 25th, the Feast of St. James the Greater, Santiago de Compostela, St. James of the Star in Spain, and uh, also the anniversary of Humane Vitae. Uh, and this is Natural Flammy Planning Awareness Week, so I encourage all of our faithful out there to learn more about the great dignity and married life of the possibility of being a co-creator with God and welcoming new life into uh, your marriage. And so today, we're blessed to have a wonderful couple here at the Church of St. Michael, Max and Claire Blachowiak. Welcome yeah. to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having, having us. us. You're welcome. Thanks for taking time to come in today. Uh, and we're excited to have you here uh, to share with us about your path in the Catholic Church and how God has called you. So I'll start with, uh, can you let, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Max and Claire? And you start wherever you feel like is a good spot. All right. Well, my name is Claire. Um, I am from the Minneapolis area. I grew up there. I was homeschooled, and I'm a cradle Catholic. I was brought up in a, a homeschooling family, a big family, six kids. Um, my brother is a priest in the diocese, and then I have another priest um, who is a brother with the CFR um, Francis, Franciscan Friars in New York. So I'm a really Catholic family, and I'm married to Max, and now we live here in Rochester, um, and we just had our first baby. So it's been a whirlwind mm. of a of a past couple years and a a very blessed life up until this point. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Claire. And what, what about you, Max? Where are you from? Well, I'm from, um, I was born in St. Paul. I lived in Eau Claire, Wisconsin for a few years. And then I lived, I would say, I think the longest in St. Anthony, Minnesota. So just outside of Northeast Minneapolis. Um, I had a very, very different upbringing. I, I grew up in a totally irreligious home. Uh, I was baptized, but Never, I, I mean, I really can't recall any any serious talk about God ever uh, in my in my upbringing, and so um, yeah, I had I had a very different I had a very different uh, life, and then I would say by the time I was eighteen, nineteen, I, I kind of I would have considered myself probably an atheist. It was kind of kind of that almost temperamental, angsty teen <laughs> uh, atheism where I, I you know I I don't know it was it was kind of a you know rebellion I guess, but then. I started to read a little bit more and get a little bit more interested in philosophy, especially. But um, it's kind of funny when you when you get into uh, philosophy in, in the university setting. It's pretty much all modern philosophy. It's as if everything started in the 1600s. And so, reading them, you you really get the impression that uh, everything's just kind of a, a smattering of atoms and nothing really means anything. And it's just and so I kind of slowly but surely fell into a uh, kind of nihilist kind of skeptic state and so for my early 20s i really i was kind of in a bad place i mean i i wouldn't say i was you know kind of depressed but i mean you know you can't you can't really uh avoid that kind of life when you're uh thinking that everything is just kind of meaningless and then um i slowly but surely came to a realization that it, it, it's kind of, I mean, now now that I've, you know, uh, come to read uh, St. Thomas and a lot of the great um, doctors of the church, uh, I realized I came to a sort of really, I would say, just dumb understanding of the way uh, Augustine proves the existence of God in the uh, in the Summa and the Third Way. Actually, it's, it's kind of that basically everything is uh, contingent or it doesn't have to exist, but it does exist. And so... Uh, you have to ask yourself, why do these things exist? And you 
essentially have to come to the realization that there is a necessary being that gives every contingent being its existence. I came to that a really low-level version of mm-hmm. that, uh, slowly but surely. Um, and then eventually I started dating Claire. We, we can get into our, our meeting, but that was <laughs> kind of kind of a fun story. But uh, eventually I started dating Claire. We had known each other for several years, and then... I was curious. I said, what, you know, what, what do you do on Sundays? Because I had been to a few um, Protestant things. I, w- I was baptized, actually, in a Lutheran church. So I'd been to maybe a handful of Lutheran things in my life. And then my mom actually took me to some kind of Baptist thing at w- one point, And those did absolutely nothing for me. Uh, <laughs> well, we can get into that stuff later. But um, she took me to a Mass, my mm-hmm. first ever Mass. I had knew nothing whatsoever about catholicism and uh father prisbilla it was at saint charles in in saint anthony's you know he opens up the mass saying pray brethren call to minor sins as we prepare to celebrate the sacred mysteries it might have uh messed that up a little bit but pretty close yeah yeah. and and (laughs) i I said sacred mysteries what is that uh you know these are christians well i thought they had everything figured out what do they mean mysteries and i had uh come to the realization that reality is sort of inherently mysterious and so when he you know talked about celebrating the sacred mysteries that just really drew me in and so i i just kind of went deeper and deeper every time we would we would go to mass and uh yeah it was i mean it, it was pretty quick after that but wow yeah. <laughs> beautiful max yeah. thanks for sharing your life and uh, i know it's in a nutshell because yeah. it, you're much bigger even than the, what you just told us here you're, you're you're you know both of you have wonderful personalities and you're, you're effervescent with faith and love for jesus but i am curious now i think you've whetted all of our appetite so how did you meet tell you, who can tell us about that story <laughs> I <got this> one. <laughs> okay so um this was back in 2013 i worked at the great minnesota get together the minnesota state fair <laughs> if you've been to minnesota you know what i'm talking about it's so yep. fun so i worked there with my best friend since preschool we worked at the fried pickle booth, huh. <laughs> which, in my opinion, is the best booth at the state fair. And um, totally unbiased. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we we had a break around 11 p.m. And what you do is you can take your product from your stand and go to other stands and trade product. So if oh. we want fried pickles, we can go to the Sweet Martha's cookie stand and swap for their product. Hmm. Um, but Sweet Martha's actually is the only booth at the state fair that doesn't do that. So the only way to get their cookies is to go up to someone who recently bought their cookies and say, Hey, I will give you some of these fried pickles if you give me some of your cookies. They think they're better than everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And it's 11 PM, you know, all I want is just a warm, gooey chocolate chip cookie. And so I was with my friend Kelsey and I saw these three boys sitting on a bench (laughs) and I was like, Oh, they're really cute. Let's go talk to them. (laughs) And my friend Kelsey goes, absolutely not. I am not going over there. And I kind of like boxed her in. I was like, I'm going over there and I'm going to talk to them, which is very uncharacteristic of me. I would never do that normally. Well, anyways, we go over there, we give them their pickles, and we and they give us some of their cookies, which they looked like they were about to throw up. <laughs> they were they were done with their cookies, and um, it was like a five minute encounter. But um, Max's friend Chance, who was sitting there, it was Chance Austin and Max. Chance thought that my friend Kelsey was really cute, so he got a stamp on his hand and decided to come back the next day because he knew that we worked there, so he knew where to find us and. He was interested in Kelsey, and they started dating very quickly on. Mm. And Kelsey is also Catholic, and Chance converted 
um, after learning more about the faith. And they got married about less than a year after, and now they have three kids. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. What a five-minute encounter Yes, the two converts. Two marriages. (laughs) Yep, two converts, two marriages, and four kids. And so then Max and I stayed in contact because they were dating and... um, we ended up going to the same college for a little bit. And so um, Max and I stayed in contact. I went and did Catholic missions for three years. So we fell out of touch during that time. And I did not. Yeah, <laughs> Max was Max was finding his own path during, during that time. But um, I was about to go to Haiti, and I had asked on social media for people to write me letters so I could pray for them and think mm-hmm. of them. And Max, out of the blue, wrote me a letter. It was like four pages long, just very quirky, very funny, very lighthearted. <laughs> and I was like, I have not thought about Max in so long. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I got back from missions in 2017 and was just kind of getting my feet under under me and figuring out where I should go. And Max asked if we could go get coffee. And we had a long talk um, about, you know, where he was Jordan Peterson and mm-hmm. where he was kind of finding the faith. But But he wasn't quite there yet. So I was very intrigued by him. And he was... Um, yeah, it's just a great conversationalist and very fun. Had lots of hobbies, and I love that. And so it was about two years after that he had kind of found the faith. I wasn't going to marry anyone who wasn't Catholic, so I was on the fence about that for a while. But eventually it was just the natural next step for us to be together and get engaged and get married. So wow. that's our story. Amazing story. <laughs> the story of God's grace and God's mm-hmm. love. And so wh- when did it make sense for you, Max, to say, you know what? I'm called to be Catholic because I know it's your decision. I know you, you love Claire mm-hmm. and you were growing in your love, but it was your decision. I know that about you. Yeah. Well, so in, we would have started in 2019 mm-hmm. in spring of 2019, she went to Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was kind of discerning almost, uh, the sisterhood, I guess. Right. Yeah. It was like Max or sisterhood or the, the Servador sisters who I love. So. so she went there with father Colin and then, uh, his, two really close friends from seminary uh, in Rome, uh, Father Vince and Father Dom, right? Mm -hmm. Father Dominic. And they, well, so we started dating uh, in June of 2019. And then that was maybe sometime in July I went to my first Mass, I think. And then Mm. we're going in August. And then she had mentioned, you know, there's this thing called RCIA. You can kind of check it out. And I kind of brushed it off. And then um, eventually we did go and we went to the pretty much the only one that worked. And, uh, I, I wasn't that moved for the first couple of months. I didn't it it, it didn't do a whole lot for me. But then um, she actually got diagnosed with malaria, and wow. we weren't sure whether that well, we can talk about this later. But um, we weren't sure whether that was from Africa or from Haiti. And then um, I started to see how seriously uh, her family took their faith, and that drew me in. And then um, there was a couple of other moments that came later, but. Um, we can talk about that a little bit more later. Yes, just, yeah. Sorry, just a really quick side note. I asked Max when I was in the hospital to bring me some reading so he could just read at, read to me while I was at, in the hospital bed. With malaria. And uh, Max shows up with the Catechism of the Catholic Church <laughs> and starts reading about the Immaculate Conception. I was like, I was thinking like something light, like a novel or something, but he insisted on bringing the Catechism. Hey, you, you brought me to RCIA. <laughs> your fault. That's great. Well, on that note, we'll be right back yeah. after this break. Please stay with us. Father Randall Kays with Max and Claire Bohoviak on Real Presence Radio Live. Stay with us. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live. 
where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet our customers' production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street in the new Diocesan Building or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live on this great Monday, July 25th, the Feast of St. James the Greater. I hope you're having a great day and a great start to your week. We're blessed here on the show to have Max and Claire Blahoviak. And we ended the first part of the segment of this half hour with Max sharing about his conversion and getting into the RCA process. Max, you just pick up right where you left off, if you would. Yeah, yeah. So the Claire was really struggling in the month of November of 2019. She would get fevers and just these really terrible fits of, of illness. And then the next day it would be basically gone. And then the next day it would be right back. And so we had no idea what was happening. And... Uh, you, I think, had gone to the emergency room three times, and then on the fourth one, you went to St. John's, and there was a a lab tech who was, I think, just kind of you know gazing up at the pictures of her blood cells and just said, "Well, wait a second, is that a malarial cell? Is they have these mm-hmm. weird purple kind of stringy?" It, 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 so there, uh, Claire was uh, in nursing school, so she was kind of geeking out about uh, how cool the cells looked. She kept showing me that, and I said, "That's mm-hmm. that's great. You you almost died, but uh, yeah, your fever was what 104.5 mm-hmm. or something. I mean, yeah. that was incredible." So, um. I had gone there to the hospital, and I just saw uh, Father Colin was just leaving, and he had 
uh, given her the last rites and given her what well, extreme Anointing unction. That's your yeah. bro- that's your brother Claire, yeah. Father Colin. Yeah. Father Colin, yeah. Mm-hmm. And her family was there, and I just saw how seriously it wasn't a Sunday thing for them. And you know, I had only been exposed to sort of a, a light Protestantism, which is always kind of just a Sunday thing. And any anyway, I was drawn into how seriously they took their faith, and it. it uh, it made me interested in starting to learn how to pray. And so then I, I just started in a, a very haphazard way, as I, I think everybody does uh, when they first start trying to pray and grow in any kind of religious uh, faith. And then uh, slowly but surely, I started uh, getting in, uh, interested in uh, a little bit more of the intellectual side. And so I started listening to these Thomistic Institute lectures, and those really drew me in uh, a lot more deeply to the long and... Uh, what I what I found extremely deep uh, intellectual uh, tradition that the Catholic Church has, and then I in I think it was February of 2020, or this is, I guess right before the lockdown, um, I was reading and I was just uh, reading that you know Saint Irenaeus said that he was taught by Polycarp, and then Polycarp was taught by John, and I just had this overwhelming sense that uh, Jesus was a man who was truly here, present in the flesh, and you know, you had, I'd heard that so many times, but for whatever reason, it was just in that in that moment. Uh, you know, I just got goosebumps, and it just it, it came like a wave over me that uh, you know Jesus really truly was who he says he was, and he was a real historical man who was you know uh, a God incarnate. And so I just had this uh, kind of yeah, it was just a wave that came over me. It's hard to even describe, but that I think was truly uh, where I uh, kind of converted, and then. Um, Really, after that, it was, uh, I had, you know, every time I had a question about the faith up to that point, whenever I would look in the catechism or I would look, you know, to the Thomistic Institute or uh, a doctor of the church, I found I couldn't argue against any of the doctrines uh, that the church had. And I, I thought, slowly but surely, I, I just realized, uh, you know, there's a ton of stuff about the faith that I don't know, but I know they have the answers, and I just need to be in the church rather than outside of it uh, looking in. So. Um, that was by February of 2020. I was I was in in for the long haul, and, yeah. And then it was just a matter of time after that. Awesome. So going into the RCA, and then you you came into the church then at the vigil. Well, I I couldn't come in at the Easter vigil because everything was locked down. So uh, you know, right at in the middle of March, they locked everything down, and then by early April, they were telling us that they couldn't do anything. You know, this was this was at the Newman Center at the University of Minnesota. So they were, you know, they, I mean, they were locked down as long as anybody was. So they did not allow the Easter vigil, um, confirmations to happen. So then I was actually brought in on Pentecost, uh, quite a bit later. The first public mass we had in gathering in the church. Yeah. Yeah. So that was for everybody then. Okay. Yeah. I think we had a kind of a private thing. It was Mm -hmm. really small and Mm -hmm. it was on Saturday. Um, just, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it's kind of strange looking back at it, but it was, uh, it was a great experience, and mm-hmm. we, we went out with my sponsor later. We, I'd love to talk about him more, but yeah. Mm-hmm. A really cool, well, I think this is such a cool note on his whole confirmation experience, but at one point they needed his baptismal certificate, um, and so we were trying to track down. He's like, I have absolutely no idea where I was baptized, and we're trying to track down where we could get this baptismal certificate, and 
uh, he asks, he, Max had asked his dad, and his dad's like, oh, you were baptized somewhere in Dinkytown. And, My dad grew up in Dinkytown. Yeah, so, yeah, and for all of you, University of Minnesota is in Dinkytown. And he's like, it was off of 6th Street. And we're like, wait, RCIA is off of 6th Street, too. Turns out Max was baptized in a church that shares the same parking lot with the Newman Center, where Max was be, be, being Whoa. brought into yeah. the church. So yeah, that's, that's a God moment. Yeah, <laughs> we, he seriously just has to like walk across the street. Everything was shut down, but he's like, the baptismal certificate was like so accessible because it was right there. Yeah. It was just so <laughs> wild. Of all the places that Max was baptized, it was just it shared a parking lot. I was like, the, wow, that came full circle. <laughs> all those hours we spent at RCIA, I was across the street where I was yeah. baptized. And so it was, it was wow. just, yeah, it, yeah, all of it came together and you just go, yep, this is all. Yeah, now, now what about what about your engagement and marriage? You know, can you tell us a bit about that? Because I know you were married uh, just over a year ago, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. July 10th, 2021. Um, yeah, our engagement was, it was, it had a lot of difficulties in it because I was finishing nursing school. And then Max's dad fell on some hard times with his health. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved on to Rochester. So part of it was long distance. Mm-hmm. And there was just, and then the lockdown. And I was working um, downtown Minneapolis with all the riots and whatnot. So it was just a crazy time. It was a crazy time. And it's. Um, yeah, that's. I, I just look back on that on that time in our lives, and it was just so novel and so crazy and hectic. And looking back now, you just see a lot of like the spiritual warfare. I feel like that was going on with us trying to plan this beautiful wedding, and like all of a sudden you can't get married here, everything shut down, and then you can get married because now we can have masses again. And it was just very up and down and all over the place. So. I think it was just preparing us to roll with the punches before we even got married. Because mm-hmm. once you get married, <laughs> yes, you have in. to do a lot of that. So, yeah. yeah. And you just had your first child. Can you tell me about uh, the new baby coming and what you've all have learned in the the first year or a little bit better of your marriage? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I guess it's NFP week. Uh, we did follow it but we knew uh yeah we, it, it works it definitely works but we we um what you were pregnant maybe six weeks into our marriage something mm-hmm. like that and then yeah we had uh claire had to work unfortunately the whole time i was finishing school and so she was working as a nurse and that got really tough later but uh yeah uh, zelly is the zelly louise is the name of our baby and she's named after zelly and louis martin uh, yes. saint therese of Lazou's uh parents who are canonized couple the first ever canonized couple and uh it was quite quite an experience uh watching the the pregnancy she went two weeks over and claire was so small we thought that the baby was going to be really small but the baby ended up being eight pounds 14 ounces so she was quite large and uh she didn't come out too terribly easily but i was i mean she she was so uh happy within a couple of hours afterward and i'm just kind of sitting in the corner going wow what just happened you know it was, it was such a whirlwind but it, it's been it's been absolutely great i mean she is it truly is a miracle to watch that happen and she just changes so much every day and it's mm-hmm. it's amazing it's really amazing yeah i've learned more in the past three months than i think i ever have in my entire life especially about suffering and sacrificial love and yeah, I just, I look back on it. We've had some rough times, um, 
with just adjusting, you know, you have this plan in your head of how raising a newborn is going to go, but obviously she's her own person. And, um, yeah, we've just come into a couple different, um, come to a couple different challenges and I've really had to wrestle with those. And I've just come to this, this new knowledge of suffering. And there's this image of the church that you see in a lot of stained glass windows and such and on the front of altars and it's a pelican piercing its own flesh for its chiclets. And I just have found so much solace in that imagery. Um, it's, it's founded from this myth or this story from centuries and centuries ago where, um, it's the pelican who doesn't have anything to feed her young will pierce herself and feed her young her own flesh and blood and that didn't really make any sense to me you know you hear you hear jesus giving his own body and blood for us but until i had zelly i had no idea what it was like to go through bodily suffering and to willingly give my own my own happiness and my own body for her in so many different ways. And so I also think just over and over again, this is my body given for you. And I thought that a lot in our preg- in my pregnancy. And I, I just feel that so much with Zelly. You know, she just can just smile and be yeah. happy with me. She has no idea what's going on. And I've just discovered this whole new appreciation for suffering and allowing it to let me be a saint or allowing it to change me to be a saint and not shirking away or wanting to make it more comfortable or... Um, wishing it away, but really leaning into it and being and thinking like even Saint Zelie, she really had she had actually the same issues that I do, mm-hmm. and so just thinking about how Saint Zelie she um, had to walk five miles just to see her kids because they were with a nurse who was helping them five miles away, and I just really relate to St. Zelie in that way. I'm like, oh my gosh, St. Zelie, this is how you became a saint. You took on those sufferings. You didn't shy away from them. You didn't wish them away. You didn't just sit and pout. You really, you really leaned into them and experienced the Lord and like leaned on the Lord in those moments. And this is how I become a saint in my vocation. I don't shy away from it. I lean into it and I embrace it. And so... Yeah, those are just some things I've been learning in the first three months of having a baby, but it is a crazy wild ride. Amen. We have just a few more seconds before we're ending this segment. Anything to add, Max or Claire, for our listeners out there? Anything you've learned here in the last few months of being a new father? I mean, I think it's just echoing the same thing. It's been really incredible to watch her. You know, there's only so much in in certain aspects of, you know, feeding and, and just I mean, obviously, with the the pregnancy itself, there's so, there's at, at a certain point you can only do so much as the father. You're mm-hmm. you're in in a lot of ways just disconnected from it as much as you want to try to help. But you have the tough part is almost sitting back and just having to let yourself watch her suffer a little bit, and that's that's been the most difficult thing for me. But mm-hmm. it it is just taking you know taking up your cross yeah max and claire thank you for being with us thank you for your witness to the gospel here in our parish and for so many who look to you and they're inspired we give thanks to god and for all that god has given to you thank you for taking time to be with us here today max and claire blachowiak our catholic family here in this area god bless you and stay with us on real presence radio we'll be right back with our final segment here this morning This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, 
and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.